Hey, let's go with it. So, in true Freeze fashion, I'm going to touch on uh, a tragedy, which is rare for me. But I will preface what I have to say about that with this. I speak on relationships, social interactions, I teach manhood, and I try to leave an impression on women so they can recognize, internalize, be able to acquire and deal with Men of tall standard, integrity, and vision. And I stress the importance of compliance and humble. All right. So, <clears throat> within the last couple of weeks, a a male decided, now this is according to the story because I wasn't there, obviously. A male had whatever issue with a female. May or may not have been the first time they've had an issue. And I guess according to the story, he felt like he was on the outside looking in. And would not let the situation rest. Now. This is a critical point. And at that point in the situation. Where let's just say. Apparently. He did not want things to end. The way they did. I assume he could have felt a little salty. Who knows if she intensified his feelings of anger somehow. But for whatever reason, this male felt like maybe he was disrespected. and Because we can't automatically say he was out of his mind and all this. But maybe he was. But somehow, at some point, he made a decision to end the life of several people and alter and affect the life of hundreds maybe. So this is why self-esteem is so big and manhood. See, I never realized that manhood was such an important thing when I was coming up. I've even had someone say, you could tell he was raised by a single mother. At the time, it was an older guy who said it, like a full-grown man, and I was a teenager, maybe. I was offended. I didn't truly know what he meant, but naturally, because I was not old enough to have earned humble, and didn't have life experience 
and truly didn't have a template of a man that I was following and could identify, I kind of emotionally reacted instead of considering what was told to me or told about me in front of me, actually. But years later, it took 20s, 30s, to the point where I experienced I experienced loss after loss and you have to develop a, a strong chin at that point. Like <laughs> when life gets tough on you, that's when you truly see how much resolve you have. So the long and the short of it is that I had a mentor who kind of pointed out that I was flimsy under pressure. That I kicked and screamed and threw my hands up in the air instead of standing my ground and having an iron resolve and resilience. I didn't understand how important that was at the time. So kind of from that point on, I started to get a feel of what manhood was and what it represented and how you lead. And as I've heard it say, you lead beyond your pain. So that means you still conduct yourself with poise and the proper posture and mindset, even when it feels things are working against you. So in a pivotal point where a male feels like he can't get a good grasp on a female he's no longer with, where They've heightened each other's bitterness going back and forth. They're having a battle now. Now, I'm assuming this because I'm assuming this applies to the tragedy because, hey, that's how it was reported. He could have been just some guy, a stranger. I don't know. But the way it comes off is that he was having a battle with the female. She had whatever else going on. He probably knew about it, truth be told. And that made it worse. That was the salt in the wound, proverbially. So, as I say, this is a critical point because if a man's self-esteem, self-worth, manhood is not intact and he does not have a purpose and a drive and a goal that's larger than whatever potential female he thinks is the world at the moment. If he does not have anything larger than that, it would dominate his mind. So, I can't fully say this guy is a monster because haven't you dealt with a female who rattles your cage and then stepped off? And left you feeling that way. I don't think any of us really love that. So it, it stings. But what you do when it stings makes all the difference under the sun. How grounded on you in your manhood are you? Like, does it hurt you to the point where you're going to be irrational and come off the rails? Which we can assume that because if several people are no longer here, you came off the rails somewhere. At some point, 
they say he was 28. At some point, for you to throw away a future when you probably didn't even reach your prime yet, it's safe to say you came off the rails. And so many things had to have went wrong, and he kind of was living backwards to be in that situation in that state. It's hard to tell someone that it's not a gigantic thing when you're entangled with someone. And especially the way society makes it seem like relationships are everything. I mean, it depends on who you are. You know, that's relative. But let's just say this guy was driven and he was important to himself and he was important to others. And he led and he felt a pride like, what do I look like going back and forth with anybody who's not, in his eyes, respecting me properly, you know? So it's beneath me to go back and forth with anyone who does not see me at my value. This is why knowing your value is so important. And being that he was a 20-plus able-bodied male, hey, he has value. Maybe he didn't tap into it. Maybe he never would have. We don't know that. But he does and did have value. But, okay, so there's that. Like, that could go either way depending on where the person is mentally. And in this case... Everything happened the way it did. So, go back a couple weeks when I first heard about it. And I was just at work. And I went to speak to someone who came in the door. And he was like, man, you heard about the helper? You know, They have drivers and they have driver helpers. Who ride along and do a lot of the physical work with the driver, you know especially if they have a heavy workload or something like that. So he was like, you heard about the the helper? I'm like, nah. He said, um, yeah, Javon, man, he was in whatever situation and he's no longer with us. I'm like, Javon, you know, how I do, man, at work especially, and matter of fact, even in the streets, I ain't going to lie, I go off the person their eyes, the feel I get when I'm around them. So I speak to people and don't even know their names. So I'm like, Javonna. But I know I know the helpers because I'm in a different department, but I deal with all of them. So silly me, I got it in my mind that maybe, you know, I'm not going to know this person like that. As if that makes it any better, Right. So when he shows me a picture, because I said, man, I'd have to see his face, you know. Couldn't believe it. Unreal. Like, you talk about somebody who was, man, I knew he was young. 
but the smile he had it was it was genuine and not even a week before I sat there and, and had a conversation with him when I was finishing up my work and they had just brought him back because they had whatever layoffs or um, they limited some of the staff when everything was going on with the 2020 you know and he just got back essentially and we we were chopping it up and I'm like man he's talking about the job for a second and we didn't really have anything to say but it was just it was it was a feel good type thing we felt good around each other so it was a, a genuine smile on his end and of course I just got finished explaining to somebody not too long ago that when I'm around somebody and I can feel that youthful energy, they tend to have a winter spirit. It's just something. I, to put it simply, they don't have the bitterness that people get when time wears on them, you know, typically. So we just chopped it up for a second, man, and... Um, it was one of them things where you could tell we was going to be a whole lot cooler. We would see each other, handshake, stuff like that. But you know, people tend to grow on you to the point where you could feel it stepping to a point where maybe I would get into his personal life and what he had going on because those type of conversations happen like that. They'll just bring up what they did this weekend or, what I do, that's normally the things I look for. So instead of a lot of small talk, I usually probe into what somebody has going on with themselves. And relationships, I love to hear that. So I just imagine that a couple weeks earlier had we had the conversation that we probably would have had at some point, maybe I could have been the one because it's what I do It'd have been like, man, look here. If he would have got to the point where he talked about someone he was dealing with who had an ex or whatever, the first thing I'd have told him, man, you don't want to be laying up in her spot like it's all good. No telling what they got going on. You know? You don't know. Because that's 101. Like, you could meet her anywhere. And the chance is always there that something can go awry. But you don't want to be where he's been, where he can keep an eye on her. You don't want to put yourself in the middle of that. Because you always got to remember this. This is in general now. When you meet anybody and you're going to deal with them, you're getting the first impression, smile, attitude. And typically, it's almost pristine. So you got to imagine that. This is the same person who maybe has been fighting with somebody else, whether they're right or wrong, any of that. But essentially, somebody can't fight with themselves. They can't argue with themselves. So if they've had any type of, they call it domestic disputes, yeah, you don't see that version of them. You don't understand how hot things are right now, how fresh it is. 
and you don't want to be there. And you know me, I'm going to tell you how I think. If I would have known, according to the report, that it was a first date, I would have suggested you don't go over her place because you don't want to meet the parents, number one. That's me. Now I'm talking how I really speak here. This is me. You don't want to be meeting the parents yet. You don't want to put yourself all up in there because you can have everybody in your situation right now. I wouldn't start that way. Go to a Starbucks or something where y'all y'all can kick it, relax, and all that. But apparently she made such an impression on him. And, you know, apparently there was a, a warm welcome for him to be there in the first place, right? I get that. But you kind of want to feel somebody out. And this is for you listening. You want to feel somebody out and get a greater understanding. As Sinful the Peace says, an outstanding understanding of what's going on with them. It doesn't mean the person isn't proper. It could mean that they have untied strings, remnants of past situations. And you could be avoiding danger. Several reasons you want to you wanna watch and keep an eye and keep hold and control of where you meet somebody, especially men dealing with females. That's the reality of it. I, I know you want me to do the cotton candy thing, but you know I'm going to keep it uh, a real, right? You got to watch that. You got to keep control of it. And you give her options of what she wants to do and where she wants to go, but there are options you thought about thoroughly and you approve of already. That's how you move. But anyway, there's that small part of me that thought maybe I would have had that conversation with him at some point. And I could have at least put that in the air. But I think we were on the verge of having a talk like that. See? And, uh, but, man, he was just, he was bright, like, that I don't know what it is, and it's just strange, but you can kind of see the kid in people. Like, at some point, when we see children, they're just like the most warm beings. But then when they get a certain age, you don't see that in them anymore. Now, life is hard on them. You're hard on them. I guess when they grow a beard and they grow taller, you don't look at them and care no more. But because he's a young guy, I could see a child in him. He could have been seven. I mean, it was the same thing to me. You, you almost feel like you want to care for, look out for, and especially um, someone younger, I typically look into what they got going on. I ask about it. That's what I do. That's That's me front and backwards these days, you know. But I gained from being around them. And if how he was around me is any indication, he was up. He, he had a, a winter spirit. Now, I'm going to tell you, now nah, I'm rewind because when I told you I saw the guy at work, he told me 
it wasn't even five minutes before that I was doing my work in another section of the building. And I was thinking to myself about a guy I known for 15 years that's no longer here. And I was just rationalizing to someone else in my mind that, hey man, we, you know, we live X amount of time. You're one of the, the 0.0002% of people who's ever lived that's still currently here. Hit it hard, man. And, you know, we got our time and that's it. No big thing. It's just, it's just a cycle. It's a beautiful thing. But, see, I was thinking about somebody who's 49 and I'm 42. So I was just not even five, ten minutes before that saying to myself, you know, I have, I think about these things. I'm like, man, death don't affect me like that. Not to the point where I worried about it and and somebody's no longer here. And I don't think much of it. My guy was 49 and, hey, man, I mean, would you want to live forever? That's the reality of it. You, you're still in good health somewhat. You're moving around. And then, you know, hopefully you don't suffer. But, I mean, we can't worry about that. Live hard, man, and impact people. And step off the mic. It's just, that's that's the reality for all of us, you see? So I was thinking that, and I, I come running to the guy to let me know. And as much as I have ways of analyzing and making sense of things, I couldn't say that with a 23-year-old. Like, man, you done lived already. Because typically when you hear someone is no longer here, they 50 some years old, you know, we live. You've done most of what you want to do. Even if you maximize your time, it means you're a planner. It means you have vision. It means there's going to be visions you never got to complete. That's the inevitable. But I couldn't do that with a 23-year-old. It was different. I couldn't just write that off. I mean, I couldn't do that. And I didn't have an answer for that. So that's the one point when I'm thinking like, man. Um, I'm going to play my humble card and say that I don't know. And there's an answer that makes good sense that I don't know. There's something that somebody can say to someone who's affected that I can't say because I don't know it. I can't make good sense of that. And the girl, she was what, 21? The brother was like 18. The mother was there. All of them. You know, and that, that last bit of time had to been traumatic. It's not like he can just end everybody in a second. So it was probably frantic, you know. So I don't have the smooth answer for that. And to females, I would say this because... 
I don't know the situation. I wasn't there. I can't judge every female, but I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I'm going to go out of my way not to say anything divisive. Because if you know me and my material, that's, yeah. But I'll just give an in general common sense here. You want to watch who you begin to deal with, number one. And you have to watch how you actually deal with someone and how you break up. See, I know we like to one-up somebody. I know because I used to be in that situation when I would I would deal with girls or I didn't have a real good idea what to do and I kinda was gameless. So I would make vast mistakes and I would get in little matches with them like she did this and I'm gonna do that. Like you wanna end it worse than the other one. You can't do that. With everybody. Number one, you don't want to do that at all. Not to say this was the case, but in general, watch how you end situations. Don't do the female special where you bait somebody, you deal with them, and then you just kind of like stop dealing with them. And then you pass them off as crazy. He's stalking me. He's stalking me. He didn't guess your number. He didn't show up uninvited and you let him in several times. You didn't have several domestic disputes and then you decided he's crazy. Because it can be painted in that fashion if you bait somebody on and then drop them off. And then in their mind, they're like, that um, That person wouldn't do that to me. So they keep reaching and you keep asking, like, I don't know why he's calling me. I don't know why you calling me. You can't do that. I mean, you can, but I wouldn't advise it. Be considerate, everybody. Be considerate. I know you're upset with people and you feel they hurt you along the way. They probably did. But the same way a man needs to have his manhood in order and on deck. It's important for females to uh, strive to be tall women, like tall standard. And on both sides, you need to decide and decipher and have discernment about what you need to get involved with, go back and forth about, and things of that nature. If somebody would have carried their mature card and stood on it, maybe this could have been prevented. I don't know that. But I don't know that's not the case, do I? So I'm taking an in general, typical relationship or dispute and looking at it like that. And it's for my guy. Because I didn't have that talk with him. Imagine, I know you've seen this before. He could have easily been put in between it. She could have made reference to him. The guy could have saw him on his own. Who knows 
if he did drive-bys at the house and, and, and looked, sat out front of it. I don't know all that stuff. I can't attach all that to that guy. But haven't you seen situations where the new guy is playing it right in the middle? Unknowingly or knowingly. I know I've had females tell me somebody's um, calling their phone and harassing them and all that. And because I was a big old simp with no game, I called the guy up. Hey, man. Don't be calling so-and-so like that, sticking my chest out with a cape on like I'm doing something noble. No, man. No. Take your cape off. Not to say that was the case. But as I can't say it was, I can't say it wasn't. So Sinful to Peace says, warning comes before destruction. Meaning, it's always possible that maybe you can prevent yourself from being in a dangerous situation and we all need to think this way constantly because you're in danger of people you don't know that's right because you can look someone in the eyes and maybe you think you have a good gauge on whether they're good or evil but what if you don't see somebody looking at you? You don't catch eye contact. But they got you on scope, you know? So watch how you move, man. This is why you have self-improvement. It's not just for self. Because self deals with other people. You, self, spill out to other people. You spill on each other. So be responsible for the next man, for the next woman, by getting and keeping yourself sharp. Now, there was a young, uh, I can't say kid, but uh, a young male, young man, 18, I believe that's the age. I don't know much about him. You know, I can't imagine that this guy had met this young guy and felt like, you know, yeah, I don't know what transpired, so I can't say. I don't know if they had anything resembling a friendship before then. But man, for you to take an 18-year-old boy, you know better than that. I mean, I can't talk to the guy because, of course, he ended himself after he ended them. But you know better than that. You can't look at an 18-year-old and remember where you were at 18. He'd be like, yeah, I'm going to end him right here. Why? So, I don't know what that kid would have been. I can't say, man. But I, I will say this. And this is a theory I have. But I'm pretty sure it holds true. When people die, they don't experience the death. You do. They're here, then boom, they're not. But you have a plan in your mind. You idealize. If it's somebody you knew, you think about the times you did them wrong. You can't do all that because you're creating a fantasy land at that point. 
But for a person who's no longer here, man, if you could revive anybody who's gone, they don't know they've been gone. You ever had a surgery? This is my theory here. But if you ever had a surgery and they put that mask on you and it then within seconds you're out. When you wake up from the surgery and it's over, you're like, you're done. You thought you blinked your eyes. The doctor said, hey, man, I'm going to put this mask on you and I'm going to ask you a couple questions. I don't think he got to the second question. I was out of there. And then as if I dozed off and he, he was waking me back up. Hey, man, I didn't ask you the second question. He said, oh, we're done. I said, what? We're done. I said, yeah. So, I mean, if a surgery can put you out like that. The end of life, I've never been. Let me stress that. But I doubt they experience death. It's just, you didn't experience pre-birth, did you? So, hey man, you're sad people are no longer here, but you, you still have to man up. Now, what you do with this energy you feel right now, see, what will happen is time will go by, and then after a while, there will be the next thing. There will be a birth. You understand? Or an event. And then it becomes more important. And then. All these ideas you have. Of representing. Those who are no longer here. Changing your ways. In honor of. Or with that person in mind. When the next thing comes or. The next bill comes that you stress over. It supplants the importance of this event. So what you do from here is honor those who are no longer with you by representing. Affect people in a, a positive manner. Let it change you in a positive aspect by your decorum, by you being charismatic and passing on that winter spirit. That's all. Make it so when you go and greet somebody, that good feeling that you got from the person who you wish was here is still with you, it's still in you. So you're greeting with that energy. You still burn with that fire. That person can still live. Like energy transfers. Energy transfers from person to person, being to being. That's all it is. Things are a transfer of energy. And if the person made an impression on you, then that's with you. And hey... Look at it how I look at it. In about 107 years, <laughs> everybody you know will be gone anyway, man. This is temporary. Always remember that. Hit it hard and get out. It sounds cavalier, of course. Speaking of someone young, hey, we don't have the answer for everything. And we definitely can't change everything. But let me 
leave you with this. If someone is 94 and they lived 93 years in beautiful fashion, but that last year, that last second, someone did something to upset them and they were frowning and they went out that way. But you have someone 19, 20, bubbling with life, winter spirit, affecting people in a positive fashion. And see, what I like to say is accept and promote and encourage people for those moments in the parts of their character that you're into. When they're fly that day, you know that's not their true representative all the time. But I appreciate the fact that you threw on a smile for me. You understand? You can't expect people to be like that all the time. I mean, man, he could have been wretched with a person right before me. Because circumstances may have called for that. But when he saw me, he smiled. I appreciate somebody putting on the effort. I know he don't smile all day. I don't smile all day. But I'll say this. If someone is 19, 20, back to what I was saying. And they have this winter spirit. They interact with the world. They're smiling. They're positive. They have all these ideas that are untapped, unfulfilled. They think they're going to live to 60-something, 70. You ask them, uh, where do you think you're going to live when you get your first house? Ah, it'll be here. It'll be, I'll be this, and I think I want to do that next. You're convinced that that future is coming. You know you have so many years ahead of you, as you've heard it. You're winning. You're on top. You're getting paid good. You got this new girl you're going on the first date with. And then it ends. Isn't that a successful life? It depends on who you ask and how you think. Would you rather live long? And then maybe those last couple moments were tough on you. And essentially time froze you in that state. Those were your last thoughts. Or do you want to be fly, winning? A fresh female, you feel like you may have a maybe potential future or potential dealings with. You're in the comfort of a home. We assume people were kind to you. The mother may have been cooking for you too. You may have been cooking for the mother. The brother welcomed you with open arms. You're working, you're getting paid. 
Hey. And then it ends. You you people say you want happiness. I want to be happy. I want to happy. Life is about being hey. You know, you can't have it all. You want to be happy and live forever and 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 me me I I want I want me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to live forever, and I want to be in good shape forever, and I want to be here as long as I can. Move around and be mobile. I want to live as long as I can. You don't get to determine all them things. You don't get to ask for all them things. Life don't owe you all them things. So sometimes you can either be happy. You could either live a long time. <laughs> or not. But you can't decide you want all of these. Check every box. And then life has been brutal to so many. See, there's somebody somewhere who's in the raggediest of situations. There are people who were slaves their whole life. Many of them who were encamped, relegated to a bottom position. Life was what we think hell is. And you're like, well, why do people die? Um, sometimes that's the relief. That's the relief for some people in some circumstances, knowing that no matter how bad it gets, no matter how much pain, it ends. That's their bright light at the end of the tunnel. So, no more pain. But even more so than that, be kind, be pleasant, and be great. Freeze this, freeze that.